A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, it's the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here with Scott Searles, who has more than 20 years of experience in the financial planning world. He is the financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group in the greater Cleveland area. Also has an office in Bradenton, Florida, for you snowbirds out there. Uh, TalkToScott.com, your place to go online to schedule a time to meet and visit at your convenience. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about rookie mistakes even experienced investors make. Looking forward to that discussion in a few moments. We're also going to answer a question on today's show from Jacqueline about uh, selling a farm that she inherited and what to do with that money and some additional questions about that. So can't wait for that as well. Uh, before we get into all of it, Scott, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Walter, how about you? Glad to hear that. I'm well. Anything going on with the family these days? Any any uh, lacrosse happening? Are you kind of in a break right now? or? Well, you know what I, we've been doing uh, with the uh, middle school kids, where I'm the head coach this year. You know, we've been doing some skill stuff, and uh, at the end of February, my daughter at Slippery Rock uh, starts the season. So, uh, just in a few weeks, so things are are, are getting kind of fired up now. It sounds yeah, it's like. good. Yep, then it'll be going crazy for till Memorial Day. But I don't uh, know if I, I if I ever asked or if we covered it. What's your uh, the the team name of the coach uh, of the of the team that you coach? Well, so we are the Strongsville Mustangs. The Mustangs, okay, very nice. Yes, that's good. Yes. Do you guys have some good gear? You know what? Our gear, our our uniforms are actually cool. We got new ones uh, not too long ago, but uh, yeah, I mean the logo's cool. Yeah. So uh, we got some pretty decent gear. Yeah, back, and back. I've been. When, when you were in high for, school, was like was was swag of your high school like a big thing? I don't remember it all. I remember like a t shirt, like getting a t shirt from the school store. Like, okay, this is our t shirt for the year, and that being about it. And now, like, I've seen my little cousins; they have. I mean, it's like going to to a college campus store where they have every piece of gear imaginable with the logos and all that stuff on it. Yeah, there's definitely more now than there was back then. And I remember my Letterman jacket, right? That, that was, was like, the thing, yeah. Yeah, that was the thing you'd wear all the time. Yeah, it's interesting how that's evolved a little bit. Great revenue source, I'm sure, for the schools. Like, that's a pretty smart idea, I would think. So. Absolutely. I saw even at, like, Dick's Sporting Goods, they'll sell, like, the you know the, the high school high team school stuff. stuff. Yeah, okay. like Under Armour stuff. And, yeah. It's pretty awesome, I think. That's yeah. pretty cool. I love yeah. the everyone likes a little customized kind of stuff like that, you know. So works out well. And what works really good for me is because my daughter goes to Slippery Rock University and plays lacrosse. I've got Slippery Rock gear, and then I've got Strongsville gear, and they're both just you know without the mascot, without the mascots, they're just green S's. They're a little bit different. Oh. Strongsville's a little more blocky than Slippery Rocks, but all my gear is totally interchangeable. Oh, that works great. Yeah. It's like when my daughter was a freshman at Slippery Rock, they're like, how do you have all this gear already? I'm like, you know, I've had this gear for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. You can, yeah. So you it works can, really just well. Just kind of slip it by and see if anybody no notices or not. No one notices. I've been yeah. doing it for three years now. <laughs> I love it. That's great. fantastic. 
Well, very cool. Good luck with uh, the season for your team and uh, your daughter's teams, and I hope everybody has a successful year of lacrosse coming up as things get into gear. Uh, Well, you guys are certainly no rookies to the lacrosse world, and we know you're not a rookie to the financial world either, but I'm sure as a coach, you even see some of your most experienced players, Scott, make rookie mistakes from time to time. Do you ever have to call out players on that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What what would you say is the most uh, the most common rookie mistake you see uh, your more experienced players kind of like fall back into? Well, I would say the biggest w- with girls lacrosse is committing, uh, you know, committing checks and fouls in, in the eight meter, which gives them a free position shot. It's like they know better, uh, but just their adrenaline gets the best of them. They start whacking away with their stick. So, uh, so you're gonna do if you're gonna foul, do it over there, not right here, right out. Yeah, right do it ball. outside the eight. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Okay, very good. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about on the show here over the next couple of minutes. So, even if you've been a long time saver and an investor it can be pretty easy to sometimes fall into those rookie mistakes. And so we're going to cover some of the top ones that we see people make in their financial lives. And then we're going to illustrate how to avoid them or how to fix them if you've already made some of these mistakes in your plan. Uh, So we've got five great tips, I think, to give out to folks on the show today here. Scott, let's dive into number one. And this is for folks who have investments with no purpose. What do we mean by no purpose for those investments? Well, you know, my definition of no purpose would be that it's not helping you achieve your goals, not trying to achieve a sound financial strategy. And you see this all the time where people, maybe they buy some stock and uh, they hold on to it and it lost money and then they hold on to it longer and then they're just holding on to this thing. It's not making them any money. It's not growing. It's like, well, why don't we sell it and buy another company that has much more potential for growth? You know, so people will have that in there and, and they'll have, or even a product. You know, some people they come in here, they have an annuity. It's like, well, why do you have the annuity? I don't know. My guy told me it was a good idea. Well, you know, is it helping you accomplish your goal? Is there some sort of income, you know, rider on that that you're going to use for income? Uh, so everything you have, whether it's an investment or a product, needs to have a purpose to help you get closer to your goals. But it's easy to get caught up, especially when you're buying individual securities. You know, you you can just start buying stuff and then you just hold on to it. And like, well, why do I have this anymore? I can't remember. Great point. Yeah. And that's why you need to have those investment purposes kind of defined out nicely for yourself. Um, that's a really key and important one to keep in mind. Another rookie mistake that experienced investors make is not understanding risk. Uh, and this is tough because risk comes in all shapes and forms, doesn't it, in, in retirement planning? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got investment risk, inflation risk, tax risk. There's a bunch of risks. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is when we're talking about, you know, just investment risks. I have people that come into my office and they're like, yeah, we got this portfolio. You know, it's conservative. And then I plug it in. We stress test it. And I say, well, you know, if, you know, the market were to pull back again, like it did in 2008, you'd be down 50%. Oh no, that can't, you know, that can't be, this is a conservative. So it, it, you need to have the, understand the investments and realize that, you know, investment risk is just one of those risks that you need to deal with. And you need to make sure that your investments and everything are set up properly 
to handle the risk, understand what that risk you know, could possibly do. And then you can't overlook all the other risks too. You know, like we mentioned before, you know, inflation risks, making sure we grow our money enough to keep pace with the cost of our groceries, tax risks, make sure we have a plan in there. If tax rates go up, that Uncle Sam doesn't come, uh, you know, asking for more money from you. So there's a lot of different risks and you need to understand them and have a plan and strategy for every one of them. All right. So far, we've covered two of the rookie mistakes that even experienced investors can make. And this next one, it doesn't matter how old you are, how many times you've been investing and buying, selling. uh, It's really hard to control this one. And that's that emotional decision making. Uh, This crosses all boundaries, doesn't it? Oh, you know what? This is by far the number one. This should have been at the top of the list here. Yeah, it's so easy to do for someone that's investing themselves. They, they, you know, they see the markets drop, they sell out of the market or they sell out of specific security. And then the market comes back up and they're still sitting in cash. So they lost all the opportunity to, to make any money back up because they were sitting in cash. But emotions are the thing that will sink a do-it-yourself investor almost all the time. And one of the advantages of working with a financial professional is that you are, they can take that emotion out of it and apply logic to it. And a lot of the times I get calls, no matter how much education we do, no matter how much advanced preparation we do, I still get calls to this day. I'm concerned about the market. You know, what are we going to do? Should we get rid of everything? If you think the market's going to drop, I want you to get me out. And then we have that conversation saying, hey, remember, we have this plan. We've got five years worth of income set aside. We knew the market was going to be volatile. We knew it was going to drop, but it doesn't affect you because all of our, our, you know, the money that's in the markets is not money you're using for income right now. So just that reminder, but, you know, do it yourself or that person may have the, you know, the impulse, the emotion to just pull the trigger and screw themselves up. Oh, man. Fantastic. That's a really good breakdown. That emotional decision making can really, really be a rookie mistake that's costly for experienced investors. So some good tips for you there. Speaking of tips, that ends up being our rookie mistake number four. Hot tips, getting them on the golf course, getting them from wherever um, can lead people astray, right? You know, it's funny that I don't know how many times throughout my career. I've had clients call me up and say, hey, you know what? I was talking to my neighbor. He was out cutting the grass. We started talking and he told me about the stock he bought that he did real good and I want to buy some. I can't even count on two fingers how many times I've seen that work out. <laughs> I mean, it, it just- That's it, not very many times. No, it just simply- you know, a lot of the times maybe that guy bought that stock and, and then, you know, he's, you know, he already had the run up and he's so proud of how well it did. And he's like, buy it. Well, then it goes down when you buy it. it it's just, you know, it, the hot tip thing never works. You, you need to have a strategy. And again, it comes back to that investments with no purpose. Why are you buying that stock? Because you're trying to get rich. Is that, you know, are you trying to invest 10 grand and have it turn into a million? 
Well, do you even need to, you know, get rich? Or are you good the way you're at? Just start to get good conservative growth, stay ahead of inflation, and manage your taxes. So the hot tip thing, it's easy to get sucked into that. We saw that with the dot-com crash. You know, everybody was buying, you know, all these trendy, you know, tech stocks that don't even exist anymore. You know, and a lot of their, you know, the other time when the hot tip thing comes into play is, yeah, you know, I was talking to my brother-in-law and he said I should be, I should be more conservative. I should be more aggressive, not in, not necessary individual investment tips, but just general financial planning tips. And, you know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, my, my neighbor, he converted all of his money to Roth IRA in one year. And, uh, yeah, I think I should do that. Well, we'll hold on. You know, your neighbor's situation's different than yours. And, you know, let's analyze and break it down. So when it comes to more general hot tips for inflation, I mean, for investing and financial planning, that those can even be more dangerous. Well, I think that's a great illustration, Scott, how, yeah, we think of hot tips as just being like a single stock or something like that. But that hot tip can come and just like, hey, you should do this my way or the way that this worked for me is how you should do it. And it can be about broader stuff like that, like just whether to do Roth or not. You know, that can even be a hot tip, right? Um, or, hey, yeah. I heard so-and-so on the news say this. That kind of stuff gets passed around a lot, and you just got to be aware of it and careful with it. No doubt about that. So very helpful yeah. there. Uh, last but not least, Scott, number five on this list of rookie mistakes that even experienced investors make, forgetting about fees. Hmm. Yeah, no, this is easy to do because, you know, the big, you know, the big thing with fees are going to be, you know, 401k plans, mutual funds, variable annuities. These are all things that have got hidden fees in them or fees that aren't very, noticeable to you. And a lot of the times when you've got products with higher fees, there's something I call fee drag. So, you know, if, if you earn 10% and you got 3% fees in there, you're only able to take home seven. Well, if you still earn that other percent in a, that 10% in a much more efficient portfolio that maybe costs you one and a quarter, um, one and a half, then you're able to take home more. If you have too much fee drag, it starts to sink your portfolio performance. And like I said, 401ks, that's, you know, everybody's got a 401k. Um, but, you know, the, the people that run them, the people that do the investments, maybe there's a financial advisor attached to the 401k, they all get paid and it comes out of your money in one way or another. Uh, and the variable annuities, these are notorious. They could have, you know, three, three and a half, four percent fees on them sometimes. And it, I always say if you're paying a fee and for a good reason and you know why you're paying the fee, it's not necessarily a horrible thing. But most of the time, people have no idea these fees are in that. And it comes back to they don't have the, they don't know the purpose for their investment or product. And then it's just a recipe for disaster. And, uh, you know, mutual funds the same way. There's a lot of hidden fees in mutual funds. I used to always make a joke saying, well, you know, these no-load mutual funds, well, they're great, but boy, you know, Fidelity's got nice shiny brochures. They're making money somewhere, aren't they? Um, and, and it's true. Everything has a cost. Everything has a fee. It's just how 
they're shown and how they're disclosed. That's why we have complete transparency with our fees. You know exactly what you're paying and you know the reason why you're paying it. Great points abound on the show today. Really helpful segment, I think. Rookie mistakes that even experienced investors make. So if you've been saving and investing for a really long time, just do a little step back, a little check-in, and say, all right, are these mistakes that I might be prone to making myself? Am I exposed in any way to these things? Um, and this is why it's always so helpful to have an advisor on your side because they can help you avoid these things up front so that you don't have to worry about recovering from them on the back end of things. And so reach out to Scott Searles if you've got questions. 888-742-0111 is the number to call. That's 888-742-0111. Or go to talktoscott.com to set up a time to visit there as well. And you can find that contact information in the show notes of today's episode. Now it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, this episode's question has to do with books, Scott, and it's a nice, easy, straightforward one. What's a book that you're reading right now? Well, you know, it's funny. I never used to read a lot, but over the past couple of years, I've started to read much more. And now I read a book probably every couple of weeks. And oh, that's right great. Now, yeah, and, but they're mostly business books, so they're like super boring to most people, right? But I, I just, you know, I enjoy it. I try to improve myself, improve my my firm here, improve my clients' experiences, all those types of things by reading. And the book I'm reading right now is called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. How exciting is that, Walter? The five dysfunctions <laughs> of a team. Real rah-rah stuff there. Something. Yeah. So it talks about how teams working together, there needs to be conflict in order to get things done. And, uh, you know, that that type of, there can't be egos on teams. You got to work through that stuff. So, you know, the five dysfunctions. And uh, that's what I'm reading right now. So super exciting stuff, Walter. I like that. That's really good. Uh, I am reading Anxious People. So it, it sounds on the surface like I'm reading something very similar to you, <laughs> but it's more of a humorous um, uh, book, I believe. I don't know. It's kind of interesting so far. Did, did you read um, A Man Called Uva or Ovi? I think a lot of people try to call it. I have not. Oh, that's really good. Wait, so it's it, a, it's is the Tom a Hanks movie that's just come out. Yes, yes. Yeah. The book is not Otto, the book is Uva. Is how okay, I, I was going to say pronounced. I thought it was Otto. Yeah, so they that's adapted for the TV for you know for the movie and for the American audience, but the actual book is Swedish and a Swedish writer. So anyway, he has a second book called Anxious People that's supposed to be pretty good. So oh, so that's good. That's after I finished guy. Uva, I uh, moved on to that one. So yeah, gotcha. Highly rec. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, I think we're going to go see it maybe this weekend. Um, uh, the book was awesome, so I highly recommend the book. If you're looking okay. for a, a good one, it's not a business book, but if you're looking for an, an easy fiction one, that'll be a nice one for your next one. Yeah, I'm too nerdy to relax sometimes, I think. I, that's okay. That's 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 understandable. I got you. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Uh, good uh, book suggestions from uh, Scott and I there. And now we'll get a good question from one of our listeners. Jacqueline is up next. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so if you want to submit a question to be featured on a future show, you can always do that online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Use the contact form. Jacqueline says, I'm about to sell a farm that I inherited, which will bring me quite a large sum of money. Should I use this money to pay off my house or just invest the money and use investment income to pay my mortgage for me? 
Well, you know, Jacqueline, that's a very good question. It's a question I get a lot. And, um, you know, it, I hate to be, you know, use this excuse, but everybody's situation's different. And there's a lot of things to think about. So, for instance, you know, what is the rate on your current mortgage? Because now with interest rates starting to creep up, you can get some pretty darn good CDs, you know, for six months at four and a half percent. And if you have a, you know, three percent, you know, mortgage, it might make sense for you to, you know, start to, to, you know, invest that money and use some of the interest to just pay off the mortgage. Or, you know, there's situations where you might want to get that mortgage taken care of right away. Um, if, you know, like if, if it's draining on your cash flow, if you've got a very high mortgage or at a higher rate, you know, then maybe that's going to make sense. So there are, you know, a lot of variables that, that go into that. And, uh, you know, so I hate to say I can't totally answer your question, but a lot of different things to think about. I think one of the bigger things are making sure you can, if you are going to not pay off the mortgage, that you put that money in something that is going to be rather conservative, don't put a lot of risk at it, and then you're able to actually start to use some of that interest to pay off that house. And then maybe at some point in time, you might want to pay off that house early. Again, not knowing numbers involved or anything like that. I could just give you some general thoughts and things to look at, but that's a direction I'd go in. All right. Very good question, Jacqueline. Thanks for sending that one in to us. If you'd like to discuss a little bit further with Scott, again, don't forget those ways to get in touch. Check the show notes, the description of today's episode, and you can get everything you need there. Call 888-742-0111 or talktoscott.com, the place to go and check out. Well, Scott, thank you for the help in answering these questions, and uh, we'll have a new episode on tap next time around. I can't wait, Walter. Yep, always look forward to it. That's Scott Searles and Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.